Hello and welcome to CoFop. I'm Charlie Clawson. My name's Will Anderson and Charlie, I'm actually going to start today's podcast by uh, continuing a thought from our last podcast. Mm-hmm. And that may seem like it's, you know, I've been kind of musing on this all week, <laughs> but uh, we've just, we're recording these podcasts in a row. <laughs> so it's only really me continuing something I said an hour ago. Uh, which was this, that the two of us often spend a lot of time, you know, by ourselves at home. So, mm. you know, yeah, I might talk to the cats, you might talk to the dog, yeah. but you know, you might not talk to a, another human being, you know, for a little while during the day. Uh, to the point where sometimes I've had someone ring me at like two, three in the afternoon and say, did I get out of your bed, get you out of bed? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I've been up since like seven, but uh, I've not spoken to another person yet. You're the first person I've spoken to. I've forgotten to. how my vocal cords work. And sometimes I get into that... Uh, a thing where I have to actually bribe myself to go out of my own house. Like, I will make deals with myself. Like, if you go down to the bank and do those things that you actually have to do, you can have an ice cream. Yeah. Like, I I, I have to bribe me like I'm a child. Yeah. Like, you know, if you, like, I don't need to have children. I have myself to look after. <laughs> it's, I'm the same. It's, yeah. it's the only way I can actually motivate myself. It's a punishment and reward. I'm also Catholic mm. too, so I don't believe that I'm ever meant to be happy. <laughs> so this is me breaking free from my Catholic dogma as I get to you know eat chocolate whenever I want. Four days ago, I um, box of barbecue shapes. That was my. That was the light at the end of the tunnel. I said, if you get like ten pages written today, you can have barbecue shapes for dinner. Yeah. And you don't have to have salad with it. You don't have to have any proteins or anything. That can be your dinner. It's like the lure at the greyhounds. Yeah, Essentially, totally. you are like a greyhound chasing around a bunny. But I think it's uh, with the stuff with ice cream and, and food is because I was I never grew up with that stuff. Like I was never a big family. You can't have McDonald's or, you know, mm. you, you just eat meatloaf. Meatloaf and bread is like, you know, it's stock standard food. So I have a really like it's immature association with junk food. Like it's real comfort for me. Like yeah. I... I will often go to a McDonald's and sit in McDonald's if I'm sort of feeling blue and like order a cheeseburger or something because it, it makes me think I'm 12 years old and it's my birthday again because that is the only time like I was ever allowed to get like treats and stuff like that. I remember on our sports trips to Melbourne, so like on athletics trips, we go to like athletics carnivals in the city and like it'd be like a two and a half, three hour bus ride from our school to the city. And it was just like, it was, but it was all the athletes. And they would stop. Uh, there was a McDonald's halfway between where we were going, like where we we're from, and where we were going to be competing that day. And they would let us have McDonald's on the way. Yeah. And all these guys who were off to this like big city, like you know, athletics carnival they had to compete in, would have like competitions on how many cheeseburgers they could <laughs> eat. Like so, there'd be guys rocking up to run a fifteen hundred meters, having knocked down fifteen <laughs> cheeseburgers an hour and a half earlier. I had a mate on a footy trip once who bought. Um, uh, pickled eggs. They, remember you get pickled eggs at the, yeah. old, the old fish and chip shops? Yeah. He bought 17 pickled eggs and on the bus we watched him eat them one by one. Oh. Which was only like half... a weapon of mass destruction. <laughs> it was only half as fun as watching him spew them up again. Oh. Popping them up like Stevie Star. Yeah. Doing right. some regurgitator. <laughs> that's right. I say three eggs came up, then there was a clock radio, then yeah. there was a spring, then another egg. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So I, I have that a bit as well. I was talking to some friends who have a little kid and they were saying that they don't let the kid have coke at home but if they go to a party they're allowed to have coke that's his booze yeah yeah, yeah. he takes a six pack throws it in the bathtub yeah and it gets really annoyed when he goes in and sees someone's taken his and got like some no frills yeah. cola cans left a- in there AC cola yeah. <laughs> oh, are you serious I brought coca cola what, what is you know the cola flavour yeah. what is that 
What, what? Well, you know, like, you know, raspberries derived from raspberries. Yeah, Fanta is right. derived from, you know, oranges. What is cola derived from? What organic... What's the organic basis of cola? Uh, is there a cola plant? Yeah, I guess so. It's like coca. It's, it comes from the same place as coffee and stuff, doesn't it? Oh, it's coca. coca. Is it? Coca. Isn't that where the coca in Coca-Cola comes from? I thought it was cocaine. Yeah. Isn't that the old... Well, they had co- no, I think actually originally it did have some sort of cocaine in it. Really? Yeah. That would it was about three hundred dollars a can. <laughs> that, people would have a can of coke and they just talk about themselves all night. <laughs> After the logies, you'd find yeah. heaps of crushed cans in yeah. the toilets. Yeah, other people go like people who work on ABC and SBS would go around and collect the cans, take them to South Australia <laughs> to fund programs because all the big networks would have like you know they'd just be buying it like they'd have coke on tap, they'd have premix. <laughs> You know, they used to put, um, like in the 1920s, if it, there was a, it was kind of like a, a liquid you'd give your baby, like eye drops, and it had like tiny amounts of traces of morphine and heroin, and it was meant to stop your baby crying. I would. Yeah, of course. Knock them out. <laughs> why, why? It's just got teeth. Why are they falling out again? <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone seen our gramophone? Yeah. <laughs> you think, you and think? the ancient cash converters yeah. of the gramophone. <laughs> I was going to say, like, were they junkies? Like, you know, a yeah, hundred years ago when yeah. like heroin used, maybe, you know, opium, like maybe yeah. opium you started. Were, were junkies behaving the same way? Yeah. Were they the same shifty kind of characters? Yeah. Were, they, were they tracksuit pants a hundred years ago? Yeah. Would you see them walking through the mall in the middle yeah. of the day? Hot wiring rickshaws. <laughs> <laughs> and what are they going to steal from you? Where, where are they going to sell it? There wouldn't be an ancient cash converters. Well, I guess there, yeah, there was, though. I guess there was. Like, you could sell it on the street. Yeah, I guess it was like a black... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you'd have big overcoats and sell people watches and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if television has taught me anything, yeah. that's how you were offloading dodgy stuff. It was all sewn into your overcoat. <laughs> I used to love that, the yeah. idea that someone would open their overcoat and it would just have, like... Watches. Yeah, I'd like to be, I mean, able, I'd like to be able to sell lots of things like that. Like, if I went to the Seven Eleven and it was like... You know, there's nothing on the shelves. No, there's just a there's guy like a, a counter with a huge a, overcoat. There's a little Indian guy with like a massive overcoat, and he <laughs> and he just like opens it out, and he's like, you know, or maybe that's what they could do with cigarettes, because you know they're not allowed to show like the packages of cigarettes anymore. They've got to have all they've got all these like sh- window shutters yeah, and stuff yeah. in convenience stores. Just have them in an overcoat. He could have them in a giant overcoat. It makes it seem a lot cooler, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, like you're doing something really bad. Yeah, I mean, you feel up. bad enough that you're buying cigarettes in the first place, yeah. but you feel really bad that. Well, you buy them out of some cigarettes. dude's overcoat. Did you have a um, a Seven Eleven in Hayfield? No. Did you? So did you have a Slurpee esque kind of machine? Did you have like a servo or something? Did Slurpees. Because when I was a kid, Slurpees were like, that was the currency of being a kid. Yeah. Like, you know, every, after school, you get Slurpees. Like, in summer, Slurpee, the, the machine was always broken. But that was kind of... <laughs> what? In summer, the machine was always From broken. overuse, yeah. It was always the most devastating. It'd be like a 40-degree day, and you'd yeah. ride your bike to 7-Eleven, and yeah. you'd see those dreaded, like, out-of-order signs. Oh, no! Because it's been drained. Because it doesn't have... Because what would happen would be used so much that the, the cordial wouldn't have enough time to freeze to get right. the Slurpee... And you'd sometimes you'd sort of like fool yourself and just pull it anyway, and you just get like basically a cup of like flat coke. Right. Was there a difference between a slurp and a slushy, or were they just the same thing? Same thing. I, as different far as brands. I can tell. Yeah. Why did you have slushies? No, we didn't have any of that. That was big fancy city stuff. <laughs> it was frozen water. Yeah, <laughs> it was. No, no. We had, like the closest we got would have been there was definitely like soda streams. Soda streams are really big when I was growing up. That's where you put the cordial into the soda water. Yeah, you make your own soft drinks. Yeah. And if someone had a soda stream, that was always... (laughs) The talking point? (laughs) It was. Really? Yeah. But you can buy bottles of Coca-Cola, so why is a soda stream any... I don't know. You know on the internet, there's places where you can get the formula for Coca-Cola. 
Like, you know, because it's meant to be a secret formula, but there's people who've, like, dedicated their life to working out how you can... So you can make your own homemade Coca-Cola. Yeah, right. How pov do you want to be to make your own Coca-Cola? It is the most widely available soft drink in the world. <laughs> but you're, like, you're at the back of your house, like, like an episode of Breaking Bad, but with the formula for Coca-Cola, and you've got your own Coke lab. <laughs> this explosion. <laughs> Literally a Coke lab out in the back of your house. You're collecting empty bottles to think... make your own Coca-Cola. People are coming over. You're like, you want some homemade Coca-Cola? That's right. Your bikey gangs are coming by, yeah. mixing it up in your bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. What's in the bathtub? <laughs> it's, that's that's uh, original Coke. And now we're doing Coke Classic. <laughs> and that's some uh, Coke Zero over there in the in the sink. I think instead of explosions, you just see like a, a caravan filled with like brown foam. <laughs> like just... It's been just shook up too much. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think that's a weird idea. Although maybe now that I've actually said it out loud, I, would, I quite would. I would actually like I'd to try. sit at home yeah. and drink some coke. My that sister I'd made myself. used to make her own. She used to make her own Mars bars. Like right. she'd make Mars bars from scratch. So she'd buy like you know de- uh, cooking chocolate and. Mm. Oh, fuck, as if I know. Whatever you need to make caramel, caramel. and nougat. But they're actually quite good because she hadn't got the the measurements right. So mm. they'd be... Like, they were kind of almost too sweet. Mm. Like, they were, they were really... And they were gigantic too because she didn't have the molds to obviously make them Mars bar size. So she'd make these misshapen lumps of chocolate, caramel, oh. and nougat. It's and like a reimagining. Yeah, you, totally. You could probably, like, charge $25 in a really fancy restaurant for that. You like probably a, could. Yeah. I mean, the Mars bar... Like, there's certain kind of brands of, like, you know, when you think of soft drink, you think Coca-Cola. And when I think chocolate bar, like Mars bar, mm-hmm. I mean, that is the brilliance of the marketing or, I mean, I don't know if it's our most popular chocolate bar, but it is to me, like when you think a generic chocolate yeah. bar, you think Mars bar. Mars bar. Do you? Yeah. Although I'm not a big Mars bar fan. And, and one of the main reasons is I find them a bit too much. Yeah, right. A Mars bar. Um, <laughs> not for my delicate palate. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, pass me the yeah, uh, one of those M&Ms. ones. It starts really well. Yeah. But I can't follow through on a Mars bar. But I think part of that is because when we were filming the uh, titles for the Gruen transfer, it's all in like, um, you know, stop motion. Yeah. So it took like an hour and a half to film this thing where basically I lay on the ground and they bring in all these like, you know, products and stuff for the titles. And I had to move so slowly for like an hour. And one of the things I had to do was take a Mars bar, unwrap a Mars bar and eat a Mars bar and then my hand would go back. So that's in the opening titles. In the opening titles, it takes probably two seconds or three seconds for yeah. that whole action to happen. In real life, it took like half an hour. Yeah. So there was a period of time for about 15 minutes where I just had Mars bar kind of in, in mouth. my mouth and I had to chew slow, so slowly so that it didn't look like I was you know, grinding you know, off my head on ecstasy or something in the uh, opening scenes. And so this caramel and chocolate <laughs> just kind of sat in my mouth for 15 minutes. And yeah. possibly that's the reason that when you say Mars bar, I still have a slight... <laughs> I'm about to vomit re- I've got to say, in my body. That is a very first world problem. It's like, <laughs> oh, I had the hardest day at work. I had to sit still and hold chocolate and caramel nougat in my mouth for half an hour. God. I mean <laughs> Tell us about the toughest day at your work, Will. <laughs> yeah, so you're saying you lay on the floor for an hour, did you, mate? Oh well, boo hoo. With, with chocolate with in chocolate, your mouth. With chocolate in your mouth. I'm While so- people put products around you so that they could show that in front of one point five million people every week on television and try to make you a star. Boo hoo, mate. <laughs> Tell your story walking, you fucking dickhead. So the fact that they used Mars bar <laughs> yep. must have been because it, I mean, obviously it's... the, it's, yeah, yeah no, so it it's right. So it must be like the generic... Uh, is, is it an Australian chocolate bar? Is it an Australian invention? I'm always shocked when I go to like America or, or overseas and I see, you know, stuff that I thought was, oh, that was an Australian product, like mm. Kit Kat, I thought was an Australian chocolate bar. And then you see it in America and stuff. It's like, no, 
I wonder how You many... never know where things start, though. No. And there are some things you can't get in places, like, you know, like crunchies and stuff like well, that. Well, Violet Crumble is Australian. Right. Or because... maybe it's Violet Crumbles then. But I know yeah. some, maybe Cherry Ripe. Sometimes when you're going overseas, people always ask you to pack, yeah, you weird, know, random chocolate bars yeah. and Milo, you know. And, well, there is a thing... It's like, could you please bring me that? Do you think those questions are asked in the same way as you get someone involved in, like, a drug deal? Yeah. You're like, yeah, um, hey... Um, uh, look, I'm living in this country and I'm finding it really hard to get uh, Violet Crumbles and <laughs> yeah, heroin. <right. laughs> yeah, you've got... You've <laughs> Could got you bring over some... FBI uh, just monitoring yeah. the phone calls saying, yeah. it's Violet Crumble. We, we think mm. it's some uh, A-class drug. We're not yeah. quite sure. Uh, I need a tin of Milo. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to cut um, Milo with like at least two-thirds white yeah. in it <laughs> before yeah. you can use it. And uh, some uh, Vegemite. <laughs> need some Vegemite. But you know, but you know, you've noticed that the chocolate in the states it doesn't taste the same because they, they use the um, corn syrup. The, yep. the, is it corn syrup? I think that's right. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's kind of it's, there's different laws in different countries for what you can say is even chocolate. Like some places have different standards of like how much like you know I guess like milk and like proper products you can have in it. And in other countries they're much lower, and that's why the chocolate doesn't taste as good. They tried to change it in Australia, and people complained that the chocolate didn't taste as good, and they, and they changed it back. Yeah. But in some countries they're just like. Yeah, it's like 2% chocolate and 15% sawdust and, yeah. well, you know, a, paint. I mean, a lot of friends, I used to live with a South African guy. Tears. He used to claim that, you know, South African chocolate was like the best chocolate. Mm. But I think it's just what you're used to. Yeah. Like, the, although, having said that, yeah. most of They them, only had white chocolate. Most of No them, black chocolate. <laughs> no top deck. No top deck. We're not mixing those Definitely not together. top deck. You're going to have your dark chocolate or you're going to have your white chocolate. But they're in separate they sections. They will not mix. They will not mix together. <laughs> No caramello, nothing. How long uh, do you reckon South Africans will take for them to, to lose that apartheid association? Like, it's been, what, 20 years now? Do you mm. reckon it's going to... How long? I mean, the Germans are still dealing with Nazis. Mm. They, had two, they had two cracks at wars, though. Yeah. Like, I mean, seriously, they had the a two... A lot of ill will. They had the two biggest wars. Yeah. That's a, Thanks like, a lot, Germany. Yeah, it takes a lot, lot of time to... You so know, how long before the South Africans... Like, they have to come up with... Apartheid. The Germans have to come up with some good shit still. I mean, like... What you do you know, mean besides the Mercedes Benz? Yeah, but that was around back then. Come yeah. on with some new good shit that we all love. Like, you know. Scat porn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's scat porn and craft work are not enough for Germany. <laughs> Precision engineering and people shitting on each other on the internet. And David Hasselhoff's career. Yeah. Not enough, <laughs> Germany. Yeah, in fact, yeah, I'm put, that's I'm putting that one. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, I think once that generation of Jewish people, uh, you know, who were involved in the Holocaust, die out the the wounds you know will start to really you know heal i don't know like i I do because i mean you know like maybe but i think that that while they're alive it's very hard while anyone's alive who's been in a war and that's like you know when like your your granddad talks about the nips or whatever yeah it's like it makes you feel really you know awkward and you want to say granddad you can't say that and that's like you know but when you fought in a war against uh, like a, a a race of people who were trying to kill you and yeah. you were like trying to kill them they it were does, the enemy it does tend to influence it clouds it a little yeah you know yeah. <laughs> so you have you see you reckon the south african thing will be another what 100 years mm. generations just a pass. generation but it is association when you say south african that's yeah. the go-to isn't it hmm. although a lot of that came from me from lethal weapon too yeah so <laughs> but you're black <laughs> Why would you want to go to... Diplomatic community. <laughs> it's just been revoked. <laughs> I uh, saw that Mel Gibson... Whenever got... you hear diplomatic immunity, yeah. like when you read in the paper, yeah. that's, do you always answer it with, has just been revoked? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, and that, 
that I remember that hot girl was it, Pat, was it Patsy Kensett? Yeah. Oh man, that oh. scene where, where the, like her boobs are yeah. out, and then like sh- when they kill her, they she's in his caravan. really cool jacket. That's right. And like I, 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 back then, I thought they were like the coolest jackets of all time. And there was part of me was like, go back for the jacket. <laughs> It's the leather sleeve one. Yeah, yeah, the leather sleeve. I used to think that as well. Yeah. I, I used to, um, but my, mine was from Beverly Hills Cop because Axel Foley had yeah. the same. Like, it's a college jacket, like yeah, a, totally. a football, a letterman jacket. Ooh. And um, I asked, I begged my mum for one, but because they had leather sleeves, way too expensive. Mm. Um, but then we're at South Melbourne Markets one day, and do you remember the brand Sweat Hog? Yeah. Sweat Hog was like a really like cheap kind of active wear clothing yeah. brand, and they had like a vinyl, like had vinyl sleeves. <laughs> but so mum bought it for me because it would have been like, would have only been like 20 bucks in a day or whatever. And so I had this jacket and I used to wear it everywhere. But the thing, the difference between vinyl and leather is after about three weeks, vinyl starts to split. So my arm, it looked like I had like fish scales developing all over my sleeves. So this cool, it lasted about, I'd say, I don't know, four months. But I was a big, I was a big sweat hog uh, exponent. I had a lot of sweat hog stuff. I had one of those jackets uh, from dusk till dawn jacket. You know the movie from yeah, dusk yeah. till dawn, but it was like a it was one of those style of jackets. Which which what, which jacket? Well, like it was like one of those college like jackets, but on the back of it, it had like a transfer from the movie from dusk till. Oh dawn. right, so you literally had a from dusk till dawn yeah. Letterman jacket. Yeah, totally. That's such a weird like combination. I of... won it ah. as a prize. It was second prize in a Rolling Stone competition. Yeah. Um, and the first prize had been this like full size poster from Dust or Dawn signed by uh, Quentin Tarantino. Right. And so I was like, that's, that's what cool. I, that's what I wanted. Yeah. And I entered this competition and I came second. Yeah. And I got this from Dust till Dawn yeah. college jacket. But you know for sure what had happened is the <laughs> studio had been promoting the year before like Varsity Blues and had printed up a bunch of Varsity Blues like Letterman jackets. Yeah. And then it's like, fuck, we've still got a surplus, so let's just get the uh, Dust or Dawn transfer. <laughs> Saw it over the top of uh, James Vanderbeek's face, and we'll and that's that. basically what it was like. And uh, it came with a big letter that said, "You are a winner." And I was like, "No, if I wear this jacket in public, I'm not. I would be the biggest loser of all time." So I sat in my cupboard for like six months, and then I gave it to like the Salvos. So like, there was probably some homeless person <laughs> who was rocking around in uh, <clears throat> some homeless person rocking around in a from dusk till dawn jacket, like fucking killing it, you know, <laughs> down by the rubbish bins. <laughs> And people walking by from Rolling Stone going, oh, wow, that homeless guy is the guy who came second in our How Would You Kill a Vampire <laughs> 50 Words or Less competition in Rolling Stone. I used to um, review movies when I was living in Melbourne. And um, there's uh, Jim Shembury, right to the age. Mm. He's like their, their chief, well, one of their chief film reviewers. Yep. And you could always pick Jim at a, a screening because he would walk in and every article of clothing he was wearing would be like a promotional hat from like, you know, signs. And then he'd be wearing his X-Files, the truth is out there jacket. And underneath would be his Independence Day t-shirt. Like he was a walking billboard for every... Like, why is why is Jim Shembury wearing those giant Hulk hands? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's really hard to hold his pen <laughs> trying to write notes in the film. But I imagine, like, if you checked his wardrobe, mm. he would just, everything would, ha- would have been sent to him along lines. Because I used to work at a video store as well, and th- when they were promoting a film, they would often send T-shirts. So I, for a while, I had, like, a bunch of every kind of B-grade kind of uh, Rob Schneider film or whatever. I had a, t- a corresponding T-shirt that I, because you'd wear at the video store for a week or so. I'd never really uh, keep much of that stuff, but when I was at Triple M, they sent us a Girls Gone Wild, like, you know pack of like merchandise 
And uh, the only thing that I kept was the girls gone wild, like one of those trucker caps, and it just said girls gone wild on the thing. And I liquid papered out the D so that it just said girls gone wild <laughs> and would wear it around the office. Like I thought that I was really cool. Like, just because like, I got so bored there all the time. So I just, like, I would try, honestly wander around and have really sincere conversations with people as if I thought this hat was really, really cool. Just to see if people would go, mate, what's with the fucking hat? When I, when I started uni, it was sort of right in the kind of middle of, um, you know, grunge being huge. And I couldn't afford Converse. And everyone who was worth their grain of salt in the 90s wore, like, ripped jeans with Converse. Yeah, definitely. So back before Dunlop Volley wised up and made their, you know, how they sort of changed their looks over more like Chuck Taylor's back when volleys were still those white sand shoes I got a pair from an op shop for like five bucks and I put masking tape around the rubber edging and the sole and spray painted them black and then took the masking tape off so it would look like I had uh, you know like cons or something like that and so I wore them to uni the next day and I was like oh I'm so Kurt Cobain you know or Jeff Buckley I thought I thought I was at the time and then I noticed halfway through that because I've been sitting you know in class crossing my legs and stuff I had fucking black stains all over my pants and my feet were black underneath because all the paint had run through. There's old lookalike Clawson uh, wearing his uh, lookalike shoes, eating his homemade Mars bar. <laughs> That's it. I'm, I'm, the pl- I'm the play school uh, arts and crafts. You can make you've, you've come to you've come to school like, with a briefcase that's made out of pipe cleaners and well, that toilet was a, rolls. I mean, that was the house I grew up in. That was I know it's a cliche for comedians to say, oh, you know, your mum's always like, oh, isn't this better than McDonald's? But that was my mum, like. My my mother, for all her, and there's many wonderful things about my, about my mother, is she wasn't really a great cook. My sister got engaged got engaged to a guy who was also from a big Catholic family, and they would have a big um, Christmas sort of brunch each year, and they had this big house out in you know the eastern suburbs of Melbourne, and they invited us, and they said, just bring along one dish, but if you could bring a plum pudding for dessert, that'd be great. Oh. My mum hates cooking. She would cook, because yeah. she had to cook, but like I said, it was always like meatloaf or yeah. just stuff that's easy to, that you can cook en masse. And so a plum pudding is like a real effort because that requires a lot of, you know, timing and getting ingredients just right. So anyway, mum made this plum pudding and the traditional way you, um, once you've uh, cooked a plum pudding is you wrap it in, in toweling. So yeah. it's all wrapped up in a towel. So we brought this along. So I've gone to this mansion and we've met this family and it's like one of those films where we're from the wrong side of the tracks and you, you know, you're eating with, you know. You've, uh, you've rocked up in your Flintstones car. Yeah, like to the Howells residence, yeah. you know. And so they've like put on this amazing spread with all kinds of food and wine and everything like that. And then it's gone and Eileen has prepared dessert. And so we bring out the plum pudding and mum unwraps the towel and it just crumbles into a plate of just like crumbs. Because I don't know what she'd forgotten to put in, but she would, it wouldn't be uncommon for my mum to bake a cake and forget to put sugar in. And so often you'd be eating a slice of cake that would just taste like brown bread. So to compensate for the fact she put no sugar in the cake, she'd make extra sweet icing. <laughs> so it'd be really hard to eat because you get a mouthful of icing and you'd be like, oh, too sweet. And then cake, oh, too bland. Oh, too sweet. Oh, too bland. She might as well have just got like, you know, sponges or something. <laughs> just like put Painted icing them. on them. Yeah, totally. Um... I uh, once ate uh, entire icing off. Um, I was big on. Uh, I loved icing on the top of cakes. Like it's my favourite. When you're a kid or an adult? Or oh no, when I was like a teenager. Right. But I still, to this day, I love icing on cakes. Like don't. I hate to leave a cake near me because I'll pick the icing off the top of it. Yeah, like that's very annoying. It's so annoying. It's really bad. But that's I, you know, it's just that's that's how I roll. Do you Charlie. lick it off or do you scoop with the finger? No, I scoop with the finger. Oh, I, I mean, if it was like a communal cake or something, I'd probably do it with a fork. Yeah, or like a knife. 
But like if it's my, you know, my own cake, I'd just do it with my finger. Do you ever make your own icing and just eat it? Yeah, but you know what? For some reason, no, it's, nice. it's not as nice as when it's on top of... Cake. Yeah. It's like eating, it's like, your eating whipped though. cream is nice, but eating whipped cream off like a stripper's breast, like that's how it's meant to be served. And I feel like it's the same with like icing's meant to be on a cake. So... Um, so how many strippers... <laughs> Have you eaten icing off? Yeah. Uh, I didn't really know where I was going with that example, <laughs> to be honest. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. There is something about... Because when you make the icing too, it's not like... Like when you eat icing of a cake, it's mm. had time to sit, sit a little bit. Yep. And so maybe, I don't know... Absorbed a bit of the cake. <laughs> We're telling ourselves that. I don't know if it actually does. So um, I, I like I the, the icing off the top of the cake. Um, my mum had made carrot cake. Mm. And my mum was the opposite. She, my mum is the best cook. Like, she's a really... Like, she just... And, like, even just simple things. But she, like... She cooks with a lot of love. And she just, like... She's very creative. And my sister's, like, a great cook as well. And they're, like... The sort of houses where... I stayed at my sister's house when they were away for a couple of days and like you're just a house where you go like to the freezer and there's like tins full yeah. of like biscuits like the opposite of biscuits, how you yeah, live biscuits now. and slices and things yeah. like that that they put in the freezer yeah you yeah. know and does, you're like does your mum do that thing where she'll buy a loaf of bread and then individually wrap the slices of bread oh no I never did that yeah because she only will eat say like two slices yeah. a day so I don't know why I think it's because it keeps it fresher or something so. like that but you go to my mum's place and she'll have like individually wrapped slices of bread in the portion freezer. control yeah yeah. In, yeah. Case she, in case she has to start an airline <laughs> She's ready to go. Everything's in small portions. Eileen Air. Um, so, uh, they... Um, carrot cake. Mum had made this carrot cake. And uh, in the middle of the night, I've gone down to the kitchen. <laughs> in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, no. Isn't this... A, it's, it's, such like a, a, it's like a strip from like Dennis the Menace uh, or something like that. Uh, no, it, it felt more like George eating the eclair out of the bin oh, yeah. on Seinfeld. That's what it, it felt like to me. It felt like one of those, like, you know, when you hear about um, someone who's been bulimic and they reveal that they used to eat cake out of the bin and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And it was a bit like that. And so it's the middle of the night. Compulsive then. Yeah. Slightly compulsive. And I was eating like this icing, but I I was like, brilliant. You're a genius, Will Anderson. What I did to cover off the bits that I'd eaten, I got a warm knife and I just spread everything. Like, you know, like a, basically a bald guy in a comb over. Like if you just position everything in the right way. But then I got cocky. Then I was like, uh, you know what? I've made this work. This is cool. I went back again and ate more, and yeah. then just spread it, spread it thinner <laughs> and thinner. thinner. Yeah, and then there's a point where it's like you're not fooling anyone. Dude. <laughs> we all know you're bald. <laughs> it doesn't matter what angle you look at this cake from. Yeah. Uh, this is a bald cake. So my mum caught me at like four o'clock in the morning in the kitchen making icing because <laughs> I was trying to make icing to re-ice this cake. In the middle of the night. Uh, that is like, if, imagine you woke up and your child... She would have preferred to have caught you masturbating. I know. Something like that. That'd be less Well, that's weird. what I was masturbating into. That's uh, how it gets that cheesy, like, carroty uh, cake flavour, right? Uh, um, no, so... Isn't that weird, though? I'm a poor, very poor weird. woman. She was yeah. like... Yeah. I, um, uh, I, I, I used to, um, when Gemma and I started dating, I don't know why, but I had this thing where if we bought dip... I didn't want to be the guy who broke the dip. So if I did, I would do the same thing as you, is yeah. I'd dip the chip in, yeah. and then I'd get like a butter knife out and try and like carefully comb over a bit. Because I, I just, I didn't, I don't know why. I, I, that, that, no longer do I stand on ceremony, I'll do no. the dip. But at the start, I was like, I need to just like hide what I've done. <laughs> well, don't, what are you laughing at? You did it with icing on a cake. No, I understand. That's why I'm laughing. Right, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I hear you. It's low self-esteem. It's yeah. got to be. It's got some kind of shame. Like, there's people who wouldn't give a fuck. They'd be like, yeah, I'm going to stick my whole hand in the cake. But yeah. we're, like, desperately... want people to still like us. Don't judge me for my compulsive behavior. I, um, I really like cake. Like, I think sometimes... I eat cake or pie? Or cake. So, yeah, I'm pie, I think. Um, but, but both... You know, okay. Doesn't have to be. You're gonna doesn't have to. Be, <laughs> doesn't have to be a choice. Well, if you had why to. does it come to that? Why is why has that become my ultimate choice? Cake know. or pie? Because I find they're, they're, they're similar desserts. I just think it's an, it's an interesting thing. I, I I consider them to be part of the the, the same oeuvre. dessert oeuvre. oeuvre. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm totally. What's your favourite cake? Um, well, I once ate an entire. Do donuts and stuff fit into that category? It's all pastries and it's all cake, cake. Yeah, related. Yeah. yeah, right. Cake, yeah, anything yeah. you'd see in, a, see in a bakery. Yeah, yeah. anything that you'd see in the. I reckon anything you'd see in the window of a cafe, okay. you know, in a display yeah, yeah. case, sort of that. Like so, yeah. anything like that. Treats. Um, I I don't really mind. There's not. I don't think there's a cake that I that I <laughs> never met a cake. Never met like. a cake I didn't like. I love cake, and I think. Like I sometimes think that my re- regret in life, when I get to like the end of my life, is that I didn't eat enough cake. Yeah. Because I deny myself cake, because I think that cake is not something I should be eating every day. Yeah. Because you know, for like fitness and stuff. But isn't like that, that why you exercise so you can eat cake? Yeah. But I, if I happily would eat cake every day, every yeah. single day. I go into those cafes where you can, they sell the whole cakes and just think, you know what I'd love to do? Take a cake home. I reckon I'm like you. I'm very. I'm like that with donuts. Like my 21st, I didn't get a cake. I got 21 donuts spelt out into two and one like that's how much I li- like Gemma thought it was just one of those kind of adorable Homer Simpson kind of things but I genuinely cannot walk past like a Donut King or the best is when you know you go past those vans that do the old school hot jam oh, donuts yeah. or the cinnamon ones mm-hmm. I've woken up like from here where I live I've woken up and gone directly across like it's a 10 minute walk to the shopping centre to Donut King to get Cinnamon donuts because I've woken up must have a donut. The donut King must love you. The yeah. Donut King's like he's mo- he's our most loyal subject. <laughs> subject, yeah. The only person who still respects the monarchy of the Donut King. <laughs> Lots of other people have gone Republican, but Charlie has always been a loyal servant. Well, they, I mean, since the, the, the that imposter Krispy Kreme came uh, as and invaded his lands, Donut Kings had to. It's been a lot less popular. Well, he's changed his recipe. That's the disappointing thing. Yeah, they're, they're much more um, Krispy Kreme esque now in terms uh. of the double glazing and, and stuff like that. And I'm not against Krispy Kreme, but mm. I like to eat lots of donuts. And yeah. with the Krispy Kreme, you can eat one. It's like, I've got a headache. Like, you genuinely feel yeah. dry. It does. It gives you a headache. Yeah. It's yeah. so much sugar. Yeah. Tasty. But, <laughs> but you're not a donut guy, really. No, not really. No, I like it. I like a cake. And I like icing and like the layers. Cream. cream. Yeah, I like cream. Yeah. Sponge or more mud? No, no, more muddy. I, but I, like, for a while when I first started doing stand-up, I would often have cake for breakfast. I would often get up at like around lunchtime mm. and then I would go somewhere for lunch with my mates and I would just eat cake yeah, right. at breakfast. Wow. All sorts of cake. <laughs> like more than one slice? No, I'd probably normally have one slice, but I would change it up each day. Like I might go like a mug cake one day and then and I'd go like a lemon brain guilty? the next day. Is that, was that one of those guilty things where you'd have cake and then afterwards you're like, um, oh, I, I hate, hate myself. myself. <laughs> you're so fat, Freddie Anderson. <laughs> Look at yourself, Freddie Anderson. I'd be on the treadmill for the next three hours yeah. running with a picture of myself eating cake. <laughs> fatty. I hate you. Carving I fatty hate you, you cake eater. A compass. Yeah. <laughs> a compass. <laughs> you still have a compass? No, that is the only high school students have come. Do they? Why? Why? Do you, where, where do you use them in the rest of your life? Like, do, what job requires you to use a compass? Is there architects? Architects, designers. Is that it? 
Any, anything bizarre. Do you reckon architects still stab each other in the leg with compasses <laughs> occasionally? <laughs> when there's Did someone they hate, they t- they, the, the, the new architect that they're all teasing, <laughs> like shove their compass in their leg. Did you ever see that happen? I never saw an actual stabbing. Oh, the yeah. Compass. There was heaps of st- compass-related really? crime at my school. Really? But that's yeah. quite... Uh, I mean, you couldn't take a compass on an aeroplane these days. No, but you were allowed to have them in class. Everyone had a compass. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying, like, they wouldn't let you on an aeroplane because it's deadly enough a weapon that you could threaten someone's life, couldn't yeah. you? So who was getting stabbed with fucking compasses? Everyone. Grew up in the fucking ghetto? Non-stop, man. Is this stand and deliver? What the fuck? Where did you go to school? Yeah, no, like, I mean, we, it was a it was a pretty high like compass as, as, crime rate. As, as, like, in terms of, like, hijinks? Yeah, hijinks, mostly. So not, not like a serious, like, there's, there's two guys having a compass fight? It's <laughs> not like... Like, <laughs> Beat It, the music video from Beat It, you see two guys chop their hands together, they take compasses. It was very Crocodile Dundee. You think that's a compass? This is a compass. Um, no, nah, yeah, I would love to one? see, I would actually love to see that, you know, sort of a Robin Hood-esque, you know, sword fight battle <laughs> with, with, compasses. <laughs> with compasses. Like, if I ever made, like, a movie about a high school, I would definitely include that in there. Definitely. Yeah. You know, what would be great would be to, re- you know how, like, they bring out, um, you know, those films every year that are, like, underground fighting, like, mm. uh, Gladiator and Undisputed and all that kind of stuff. Mm. It's all about the city world of underground sure. fighting. Do, do one of those big budget Bruckheimer type films, but it's about like the city world of compass fighting. The first rule of compass club. <laughs> know what a diameter is. Yeah. <laughs> the second rule of compass club. Have two B pencils. <laughs> Third rule of compass club. Bring a protractor. <laughs> we need to do some other stuff. Compass club. Compass club. All these guys, like, and you know, you know, like they, they look normal at work. You know, yeah, that's right. It, but no, no one can tell. Lift up their shirts, they've got little puncher wounds all, all over the place. And all of them mysteriously in their briefcase have like a big blue pencil case that they put their name in with, <laughs> with those, those little letters. letters. <laughs> <laughs> they, they keep their compass and all their the, stuff in. And they've got contact paper over all their <laughs> books. <laughs> That was the that was my most loathe part of going back to high school was having to contact my textbooks. Like, did you ever do that? You know what contact is? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Did you do that to your textbooks? Yeah, we had contact in the country. Well, I wasn't sure, man. You don't have Slurpees, so I just I find it I could never do it smoothly to get no bubbles. Like I I mean I would see people do it and they'd have the smoothest, like most perfectly sort of contacted mm. textbooks, and mine's just yours would look like an old man's scrotum. Yeah, totally. Just bubbling. It's and all those wrinkles. Mine's crinkle cut. There's certain things I can't do, and I don't know what it is in terms of my, my, my makeup, but simple arts and crafts things like contacting and even cutting in a straight... I find it hard to cut in a straight line. I don't know if it's because I'm left-handed. Because mm. there's a thing about scissors, aren't there, sort of designed yeah. for right-handed people. Yeah. But I find it hard... I, like when we used to have to cut things out at school, I could never stick the lines. I find, even today, I find it really hard to cut in a straight line. Do you need to often, though? Um... Like, I mean, if that was you, like, you know, if you were like a no. fashion designer, you'd probably learn to cut in a straight line pretty, you know, like some people. But do you think it's, I thought it was just like a natural, like everyone can cut in a straight line or no. you'd have to get trained. No, I don't even know the last time I would have cut in a straight line. I needed to cut in a straight line. Christmas, to wrap Christmas presents. Yeah, yeah. That's about the last time. No, I think it's a bit hard to cut in a straight line. Oh, good. Do you do that thing where you, you do that thing where at the start where you do a couple of cuts and then yeah. you just no, slide it through? No, because I never have, I've never in my house had scissors sharp enough to right. do that. I'm always like chop a chop a chop and then get stuck. Click, 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 chop a chop a chop a chop a click, 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 chop a chop a chop a chop a chop And I have to do little like bite-sized little chops because the further I get into the scissors, 
the le- the more blunt they are, so I can only use oh. like the, the teeth at the front. Well, that's part of your problem, man. Bad instruments. <laughs> you got to get some sharper scissors. A good cutter never yeah. blames his instruments, Will. And then you've got to, um, you know, you've got to get a bit of confidence because the slide, I think, is one of the more important things in keeping a straight line. Yeah, I've never really been able to. Um, wrap things so that they look like yeah, mostly tight, when I tight. mostly when I wrap something it devalues the present <laughs> <laughs> it makes the present look more crap than it actually is yeah I'm, I, I haven't worked that out either the wrapping once you get to that final fold where you know you put the present in you've done that first fold and then you do the ends over to say you're wrapping a book what do you do with all that bunched up paper like I see Gemma do it girls seem to have a natural mm. knack for it are they, they taught flat, how to do it or they what? flatten the paper and it disappears yeah. it's like it's not even there whereas mine yeah. looks like it has a tumour at either <laughs> end of the present I'm just like the paper's all bunched up I, just, yeah. I don't understand I don't understand where that goes either when I'm, do they learn that I don't know secret meetings secret women's <laughs> yeah, business secret women's meetings yeah when they say they're going to catch up and see Second yeah. City, they're actually just going to Arts and Crafts yeah. tutorials. All right. Cindy, just give us the pricey of the movie so that we can bluff our way through it. Okay, cool. Shoes and horse. Beautiful. <laughs> no, better than that. Let's come yeah. up with a film that no guy will even ask a question and they'll be so disinterested in that no one's even going to bother eat, to ask Eat, pray, premise. love. <laughs> so, guys already, guys already assume they know what about this is. Yep. Did she eat? Did she pray? Did she love? Yep. Got it. Fantastic. Footy's on. Uh, so, beautiful. And we can really practice this origami shit. Origami. Well, that's I think what it is. No. Origami is, uh, is a much more, it's a, it's a skill. Yeah. Well, what they're doing is a skill too. No, this is what I'm arguing. I think what they're doing, we should all be able to do. I think it's, I think you and I are probably fall into like the lowest percentile right. of human beings who can't, don't know how to fold paper. What are things that you think everyone can do that you can't do? Is there anything that springs to mind? I hold a job. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, there's lots of stuff. Uh, paper airplane. I'm, I just can't, I mean, I can fold one, but I can never make a paper airplane that flies. And everyone I know seems to be able to make a paper airplane. And I don't know if I was just shown the wrong way, but my paper airplane, I've never made a paper airplane that's flown. Right. Can you make a flying paper airplane? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, see, that's one of those things. Yeah, well, yeah what's right. yours? I mean, I'm sure there are heaps of things. Yeah. I just, I don't really know if it's all <laughs> I asked the question. I didn't really have an answer. To it. <laughs> I always find, um, you know, when you go to bucks parties and stuff, and there's always like a go karting component that I can't go kart very well, and I don't understand how that works because I can drive really good. And I think mm. I'm a really good driver, but go karting, I just escapes me. Like I and I and you know, Vorno, who's probably the best go karter we know, okay. has tutored me and, and told me what it's all about, and you know, sort of you know between the the brake and the gas and taking a wide angle on corners, but it just escapes me and I'm probably the worst go-karter out of all my friends mm. and, and I should do you just go-kart really slowly in the right hand lane no I fucking this is the weird thing it's not like I'm going too slow or fast and spinning out like I seem to be driving but it just seems other people seem to be driving faster mm. and I can't like I will even do that thing on a go-kart track where I will follow people mm. around in the exact line but for some reason they're getting further and further away from me and it's like I'm doing everything exactly the same. Have you got your handbrake on? That's it. Yeah. Are you checking the radio? Yeah, that's like, right. Adjusting the mirrors? Going the scenic route? <laughs> yeah, no, go-karting. That's one thing that I just thought I was always going to be better at. Uh, I mean, generally athletic things. I mean, I'm, I'm, not like a, I'm not a naturally gifted athlete. Like, I, I like sport and I play sport because I'm, one, I'm a big-hearted trier. I'm mm. the guy who wins the coach's award. Like, right. Not blessed with much natural ability, but, you know, I, I, I'm very competitive and I commit myself. But I think generally when it comes to sort of like sports, like, you know, there's some people who never played squash before, but you take them to a squash court and hand-eye coordination, you know, they can pick it up. 
So I generally assume if I'm going to do something active, something sport-like with friends of mine, that I am going to be the worst at the start. But then, you know, I'll go away and practice. <laughs> then you'll get the coach's award for go-karts. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, good on Charlie. He keeps coming uh, every week. Swimming. Swimming. I'm an okay swimmer, but I know that everyone else is a better swimmer than me. Yeah, right. Like, if we were on a, a boat that sank and just say it was like a kilometre from the beach, yeah. I'd, I'd say, see you, Will. Uh, <laughs> don't think I can do that. Like, I can swim to stay afloat, but yeah. it's just not like, I'm not good at it. Uh-huh. I could I, I couldn't even do it to save my life. I could do it to stay afloat, but what if I had a packet of barbecue shapes <laughs> <laughs> and I just went along in front of you and said, "If you make it to shore, you can have these barbecue shapes yeah. and these donuts that I got from <laughs> Donut King, original formula. I've had them stored in an airtight safe for this occasion. Well, just such an yeah. occurrence, yeah." Could you swim? A There's ca- only two or three packets of these donuts left in the entire world. <laughs> Could you swim a kilometre? Yeah, no problems. Oh, I don't know about no problems. I'd be buggered at the end, but no, I think I have the, that capacity. I was a pretty good swimmer at um, because you were kind of naturally high school. athletic, weren't you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, I so your dad's was like a yeah. Big my dad athlete. was a really good athlete. Yeah. So yeah, no, look, and we pl- were raised playing sports, and I was always pretty good at sports. Like I played rep teams in. In, like, I ran for my school in the cross country, but I was never, like, the best at any of it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I swam for my school at, like, the state meet, and we won we won a state title, my relay team. We won, like, a state title yeah, when, right. when we were in, like, year eight or something. But, you know, like, something kind of cool. Did you learn? And our football team was a really good... Yeah, so, like, yeah, bits of... But, but I was never, like, a star athlete or anything. Did you have, like... A swimming lessons though do you yep. remember so you were trained you were taught technique yeah definitely this is because I don't think our I was, school was a big swimming school I don't, th- I don't think I was ever stuff. my sister was a swimming teacher but I was never taught properly how, I was taught how to stay afloat mm. but I was never taught technique so oh, your family oh, that'll do <laughs> like when you as do, long as you can float <laughs> when you do freestyle I've had too many kids can't teach them all do you breathe both sides Oh, I can, but I wouldn't, no. Oh, so you only go one side? Yeah. Because that's the thing that fucks me up with swimming, is like, I swim one way and I start to get, like, dizzy. I, I, I competed in a, um, a surf life-saving competition. No shit. Yeah, totally. And it was one of the most fun, like... Where's the beach near Hayfield? Uh, it was at Sea Spray. Okay. And um, we did, like, a, it was, like, you did a course. It was, like, I think it was your... The bronze medallion. Yeah, your surf bronze medallion. It's yeah. different to your... And... and um, so we did all that, and then at the end of it, they had a um, like a surf lifesaving competition, and it was just like one of those ones you see on the telly. It was like a, a but it was just like a swim and a run, you yeah. know. And I think it might have been a run, swim, run. Yeah. And it was honestly probably, and I loved playing footy when I was young and basketball and stuff like that. But the most fun I ever had was competing in that because oh, it was really? just like it felt like you were in cool and got a goal. Yeah, right. You know, and it did like it felt like a cool race because you're running on the beach and you yeah you don't have shoes on or anything like that and. Um, you would have been wearing speedos. No, I was like, I was wearing a um, uh, <laughs> a mankini, a Borat style mankini. It's like, who invited this kid? What? <laughs> seems seems a bit weird. Just panning along the starting line, you see guys wearing like the singlets with the caps on, yeah. and then just one guy in a fluorescent mankini. I, ironically, I couldn't afford speedos, so I was in a pair of homemade speedos. <laughs> <laughs> I just, knitted. I just, yeah, and she and she'd drawn speedo on the back <laughs> in pen. Uh, no, I was in like a, a sleeveless wetsuit, like you know, so you know, so yeah, that looks cool. Yeah, that looks and, all right because it was kind of cold where I grew up to swimming in the ocean. Um, and but it was fun. It was like I think you know, I, how's I was, running in a wetsuit though? That must be tough. 
Yeah. Or did he strip that off for the running part? Uh, I can't remember, to be honest. But I remember the wetsuit. You would have felt like a superhero. Yeah, it was fun. It was really cool fun. Yeah. Um. So, so that was pretty cool. The thing that I'm not good at, like the thing that I, I think I'm really not good at. That everyone's good at. That everyone's, well, I don't know if well, everyone's good at this, but everyone does this and seem to do it. And I was told recently by someone that I was the worst person <laughs> that they had ever experienced. So this yeah. is a person who's a professional yeah. in this area and they consider me to be the worst person that they have ever uh, done this with. Um, uh, tax. My accountant the other day told me that I was the worst client that he has in terms for of tax. Like, keeping receipts and shit. Yeah, yeah he right. says I cost myself so much money every year because I'm pretty legit. Yeah. Like I'm one of those guys who just like, you know, I pay much more than I probably should. Like, but I you hate... could be having like an offshore account. Yeah, and... well, I think I could have a heap of really legal things yeah, yeah. that would save me money. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, and he gets frustrated because he tells me what to do, and then I just have like this mental thing. It's like a block that I just can't think about money. I yeah. hate, and I always just think, oh, well, I'll make some more money if I run out of money or, yeah. where I should be. And the other day, he actually said to me, he said, uh, I'm the worst client that he's ever had. And I was like, what about Paul Hogan? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, he's really good at tax. You're really bad at it. I don't know if I'm bad at tax. I don't understand tax. No. Like, I pretend I do. Like, I, I'm actually quite diligent with keeping all my receipts and stuff. Well, you but, have to be. But I don't actually understand what I'm doing. Like, I think I honestly make it up. I think it's... Junior, shut up! I honest... No, I said shut up. Don't keep talking. Uh, I think it's almost like, um, you know, like people invent rules for universes, like, you know, rules for uh, Lord of the Rings or whatever. Like, this is the way the world... That's what I'm like with tax, is I will invent things like... No, so we've just bought a car. Yeah. And I'm so like... you're like, oh, no, vampires can walk out in the sun. They just shine like diamonds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we just bought a car and I'm like, Okay, well, we'll just uh, we can make this uh, a business expense and blah blah blah. And I'm just using terms that I have heard other people <laughs> use. I don't actually know if it is possible to claim this car as like a, a car for the business and all that kind of stuff. And I literally like I, I will go into meetings with my accountant and talk to him, and I can just see him looking at me, going, "What the what the fuck are you saying? You are saying the right phrases, yeah. but in the completely wrong context." Like. What? And it's because I have no understanding. You're essentially uh, like uh, the lawyer in the castle. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like the jizz. The vibe. It's the vibe. It's the, it's the Yeah, totally. I don't, I mean, I, I do all the You're right like things, double but, jeopardy. But I, You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's illegal to... <laughs> I object, Your Honor. What are you talking about? We're not in a court. I'm an accountant. <laughs> it is like that, though. Like, I have all this stuff I've, I've done the correct way, hmm. but I don't know what I've done correctly. Like... I mean, I, I, I don't know why I'm, I'm, I'm sorting my receipts into these piles and stuff. I, I'm just making it up as I go along because I think if I just start tugging at that, that string, I'm just going to, I'll be gone forever. Like, I can't even program my Blu-ray player to, you know, talk to my TV and my, my stereo at the moment. So fuck me with the tax system. Like, there's no way I'm going to understand that. I can't do that stuff either. That stuff, like, just might as well be... Like, every time I go to try to hook different things up to the back of my TV oh, and it's so got all those holes. And I know some of them are, like, at least, like, you know, white and red and yellow yeah. and stuff. But I feel like I'm at the, like, again, like I feel like I'm in Lethal Weapon. Yeah. I feel like, is it blue wire? Yeah. Is it white wire? Yeah. Which one do I put in you where? Walk, it's like you've walked into the cockpit of the 747. Because yeah. <laughs> you know that if you fuck it up, you may lose your TV. Like, yeah. you'll never see Foxtel ever again. It's exactly. like, I, I, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. Like, last night... I was trying to get the fucking Blu-ray hooked up and I was looking at all the wires and I'm like, one false step here. 
yeah. and I can't watch America's Next Top Model on yeah. Tuesday. And and I've already hooked in. <laughs> I've already committed. To I've already watched the, the first season. episode. So yeah. you know, it's not. It's, it, it can't happen. So makeovers I, are coming. But surely there must be guys you can hire to come do that shit. Yeah, I guess there, so. There must be a service. Like well, that. I had the Foxtel guy come over <laughs> to fix my Foxtel. We're like. Uh, Plug the rest of that shit in too. And, uh, well, I had this problem with my Foxtel, which I thought, and I'd looked at all the wires and I'd done everything I thought I could do and it was just unplugged. And the dude came around, had to make an appointment, had to stay home for like three hours and he like plugged it back in. And I was like, yep, thought that was a problem. (laughs) Here, have some money. (laughs) Just go away. Please never talk about this again. Here's here's some hash money. Here's some money. (laughs) Don't tell anyone. He's like, you don't have to pay me. It's just added to your bill. Take the money. <laughs> Take the money and never mention this. Yeah, and no, I, I, I wish... I think there's some people who whose brains... Like, uh, we do a lot of music videos and there was this guy we, we worked with a lot last year, this editor, and when people say, like, yeah, I wrote the book on editing, this guy literally wrote a book on editing. He has, like, yeah, a right. published textbook, which is all Was that. it a much longer book at the start? And then he cut bits out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on. Whatever. It's an editing joke. Yeah, and no, I got it. Yeah, I know you did. But you didn't for a second, and then you hated me. <laughs> and I thought that was a harsh overreaction. <laughs> Just trying to add a little bit of colour to our podcast, as you tell your story I about apologize. your editing, mate. I retract my withering laugh. I know it's a good joke it's a good pun yeah. uh, but he's one of these guys who you know he fucking knows computers inside out mm. and Gemma also knows computers inside out so when we're like cutting something and those two are talking it's fine you know because they speak the same language but when Gemma leaves the room I shit myself because he will turn and ask me a question and he doesn't try and dumb anything down he just he's one of these guys who just speaks completely technically so say so the compression rate on this is about 1.6 but what do you say we bring in like a 428 and uh, mix it with some of the subwoops and you're just like uh, yep, yep, yep. So I've gotten really good at, um... Po- <laughs> You're like, would you like some of these homemade masks? <laughs> <laughs> I just do politics speak, where I will say stuff that actually has no meaning. Like, I will talk around in right. a circle, but I'll, I'll make it sound like I'm mm. talking about something. And I can just see him looking at me the same way. <laughs> the same way that a lot of people look at me, which is like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> the same way my accountant looks at me. <laughs> It's like, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, he's going, this guy's going, so should we uh, boost up the level? You're like, double jeopardy. <laughs> I object. Again, again <laughs> mate. It's not a courtroom. <laughs> I'm an editor. Uh, so uh, check out our Facebook page um, yep. uh, and leave comments because uh, we, 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 we love the comments. Stuff. Yes. And um, please correct us on all the misinformation. Uh, mm-hmm. I think last week we talked about David Faustino and I yeah. erroneously said he was in a group called Partners in Rome. Wow. Um, so he just what, what happened? He just introduced his partner in rhyme. His partner in rhyme. Right. Uh, easy mistake. Though. I don't think that was partners that in rhyme though does sound like it was an act the, or could have been the an guys act. who did the theme song for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, were they partners in rhyme? Partners in crime. Oh, spelt but we're spelt with a rhyme. Uh, was it? No, I think it's just spelt with a K. Oh. oh no, I think it was with a K and a rhyme. Yeah, they went for like double dyslexia. Yeah, eh? Partners in K rhyme. <laughs> I love it. Why, why wouldn't they be? Um, uh, yes, yeah, so, and uh, Tofop quotes on uh, Twitter. If you uh, have a quote from the show that you want to post uh, with the hashtag Tofop quotes, it goes to that page, which I like reading. Yeah. And also, you can follow us both on Twitter. We are, you know, we tend to sort of talk about stuff on the show as well. So think of it as an extension. Think mm. of it as 140 characters of Tofop sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I reckon we should set up a Tofop Twitter at some stage. I was thinking about that, but. Would why stop people like like so I can stop bothering people on my 
But you don't bother people that much. I mean, I follow you on Twitter. You will plug when an episode yeah. goes up, but it's not like you're... Some people get pissed off. They're like, stop giving us free entertainment. <laughs> oh, really? We don't, want, we don't want any of that. You're ungrateful sons yeah. of bitches. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I, you like, don't, you don't I like just like the it. idea that this TOEFOP world is our own world that's full of people that we all... Yeah. I hate. I don't like the idea that it's being enforced on anybody else who doesn't like it. I think it should be a select group for people who are, yeah. you know, good folk like like us. Yeah, and we can have our we don't own want to private make it, thing. We don't want to make it like the yeah. footy, the footy trip of podcasts yeah. where it's forced upon something. That's right. Person. This, this, I want Tofop to be completely consensual <laughs> at all times. You know, and if someone says to you, "No, I don't want to listen to a Tofop," well, no means no. All right, well, we can... Okay, up no, don't try Twitter. to get them drunk and then get them to listen to the show. Don't <laughs> slip them anything and, like, play it to them while they're asleep. <laughs> <laughs> that's not... That's not cool yeah. either. No. And, look, you know what? If someone is enjoying this podcast, that doesn't mean that they, they necessarily want, want to have to, to listen to other podcasts. That's right. That's right. You can't... And, and don't and don't get lots of your friends around to all listen to, like, one yeah. podcast as well. That's no. a bit weird, too. Don't Exactly. That was what, there was this guy on uh, Big Brother who masturbated with his mates. Do you remember that story? Yeah, the guy who sounded like you. Yeah. And, Do you remember him? Yeah, and I can't, I can't remember what, what his, his name, name was. But yeah, and Saxon. He, and he was the one who had the affair the, with Gretel not, Colleen. Yeah, Saxon. I think his yeah, name was Saxon. Saxon. Oh, his I name think. was something else, but they called him Saxon, yeah. so he didn't clash. That's right. Yeah, and he told that story. What was the yeah. story? And him and his mates would watch porn, and they would just sit around and masturbate together. Yeah, and it was very matter-of-fact, the yeah. way he just sort of He said it as in. if everyone did it. Yeah. I would never do that. You'd never sit around with your mates and wank? I'd never. Can you imagine? Well, if you're like a Chilean miner, maybe. If they... Yeah, but that's an enforced situation. Yeah, so there would be some situations where you'd sit around with your friends and wank. You'd say, I'd never. Okay, or... well, I don't think Saxon was down a mine when this happened. <laughs> I don't think it was like... I, was, I don't think Saxon had that episode of Big Brother. Wouldn't it be weird, too, if you were down a mine, like for, 33, like for 69 days... And then you're like, you know what else I want to do? Go to the Big Brother house. You would have thought you'd had your fill of like being in an enforced situation around other people. No, I really liked it down the mine. What else can I go on? I'm going to lock myself in a house and tell wanking stories. That's probably a conversation for another day. Uh, so are we wrapping this up? Yeah, we'll wrap right, this up. Cool. So uh, I'm Charlie Clawson. My name's Will Anderson. We'll see you next time.